Hello, my name is Melissa. I am 28 years old and I am trying to grow a human for the very first time. This is a podcast about pregnancy, all the ups and downs that come with it, and the things I never knew and probably should about having an actual baby. All thoughts are my own, I'm not a medical professional, but facts and musings will be backed up by any research and medical advice that I may find. Welcome to Trying to Grow a Human. Hello, welcome to episode two. This episode is called The Secret Trimester. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome back if you were listening to the first episode. I'm so grateful that you're here again. And of course, my arms are wide open for those joining for the first time. So thanks so much for joining me in this pregnancy podcast. I'm going to be talking about being eight weeks pregnant. I'm going to welcome back my husband, Adam, for a little chat. And we're going to talk about how we told our close friends and family, when we told them, what felt right for us and all that kind of thing. And also our process of choosing a hospital for my care, basically. And also, I'm sure you're, you can't wait for my amazing, interesting facts in my did you know section. So make sure you tune in for that as well. So I am over halfway through my first trimester. And this trimester is called, well, people refer to it as the secret trimester. And as you may have guessed, that's because some people don't tell anyone or or at least you don't tell many people so it's a secret and you're kind of walking around knowing you're pregnant and obviously you're not showing at all and you've got this massive secret that you just want to burst out and tell everybody I mean I certainly do (laughs) um so yes I'm over halfway through my first trimester because it's 12 weeks the first trimester and I am on week number eight, but it has felt a lot longer. It, it's it's really dragging, um, <laughs> and more on that later. But for those that don't know, see, last week I spoke about weeks and why we talk about weeks when you're pregnant instead of months, like it's a bit confusing. Um, but also there are these trimesters that I actually think I thought only American people said trimesters, but that's definitely not true, is it? So there are three trimesters in your pregnancy, or maybe four if you include the first three months after your baby is born. Some people say that's the fourth trimester. In terms of the trimesters separately, people refer to them as the secret trimester and the honeymoon trimester, which is the second one. And I'm not sure what the final one is referred to. I couldn't actually find anything online. So I'm I'm thinking it's called the get your shit together trimester. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Maybe it's the nesting trimester. I hear a lot about how you just want to hibernate and get everything ready for baby at the end. So yeah, let me know if you actually know what that's referred to because I couldn't find anything on that. Each trimester is three months long, generally, and I am eight weeks. So I'm two months into the first trimester with one more month to go. Uh, I can't wait to get to the end, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. The first trimester is tough because you 
certainly if you've not been pregnant before, you're constantly wondering what's going on, how am I feeling, do I feel different today, why do I feel not these symptoms like I did the other day and there's just so much to comprehend let alone get your head around what's going to be happening over the next few months. It can be very overwhelming and I'm sure many women feel the same. I mean I'm sure there's amazing people who breeze through it (laughs) and in a way I have but I think mentally more I have struggled if I'm perfectly honest and I would say a lot has happened since the first episode which was when I was four weeks so it's been a month and because each week things change so much it, it feels like such a long time ago which is why I guess this first trimester feels so long but one of the first things we did after the podcast is we went for a little staycation which was so nice we went to Cornwall which we've always wanted to go to we actually went to Devon on our kind of I suppose I'd call it mini moon because it was during the pandemic so we couldn't go abroad so we decided to go to Devon and that was gorgeous and then we were like well let's go to Cornwall this time even though it's really far and we went to St Ives which is just a beautiful seaside town and it, I think it was just what we needed. I think although we were a little bit anxious like oh, is it the right time to go you know on five weeks it's early days and you know anything could happen but it was lovely. It was really nice. It was a great distraction, I think, from your day-to-day life at home and constantly thinking about the pregnancy and what's next. Whereas when you go away, you, you can kind of let go of those thoughts and just enjoy what's around you. And the weather was amazing. It was the week of the Jubilee, so I'm sure you'll all remember how lovely that was and how brilliant the weather was generally. And was really special and of course just to have some time together on our own and do some fun holiday stuff and explore and all of that was was really great so I'm I'm glad we did that so I definitely recommend that if if you are pregnant or you're worried about timings with things just just go for it and and see how you feel obviously but it, it was really really nice so I definitely recommend that. So when I got back from the staycation I started to feel bigger changes so I did have symptoms early on but they weren't like huge I wouldn't say and they're they're still not huge but between week six to seven I kind of felt a big change and that was mainly in my food habits so I've not necessarily had nausea which so far I'm quite surprised about because of course, you see all the movies and the main symptom that women get is they, they, they're throwing up straight away in the morning and they're feeling queasy and all of these things. And of course, women do feel that. And I think it's off the top of my head, it's about 75% of women do get nausea in pregnancy. And I've not really had that. So a part of me is like, am I normal? Is this is this weird? And a part of me was very, very grateful as well. And Of course, it's still early days, so I could still get it. We'll see. I'll let you know. (laughs) But yeah, like I said, my food habits have changed a little bit. I've started to feel a little bit off when I'm hungry, and I'm finding myself being hungry a little bit more as well. (laughs) I've just realised there's a baby crying in the background, which is quite ironic. So apologies if you can hear that. I've heard this baby a 
few days now. I hadn't heard it before. Maybe it's a new baby. Who knows? Anyway, I'm uh, yeah, I'm feeling a bit 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 different at eight weeks. Like I said, every week's changing constantly. I'm still snacking like crazy. Got to be done, guys. Got to be done. I've kind of noticed that I'm getting more spots, and I'm. I, this is my analogy of science, but I I would get spots during my period or like around that time, and I'm thinking, well, I've got more of those hormones being pregnant, so I'm guessing that's why the spots are there. No pregnancy glow for me just yet. It is hot though, so maybe that's that's part of it as well so you can't really put everything down to pregnancy I suppose. Uh, one thing that did happen last week I had I just had a little moment a little scare it, it was fine in the end but basically during the night I woke up at half four in pain and it wasn't pain low down in my abdomen or pelvis or anything it was like it was like just below my chest and it, it was uncomfortable and I didn't know what it was and I, I woke up and I kind of changed position and it was still there so I went to the loo I thought oh maybe maybe it's my bladder is full or something and then it hadn't gone and I think I kind of panicked myself and I felt very very faint suddenly and was sweating all over so I quickly got to the bed and Obviously, by this point, Adam was awake, <laughs> a bit bit worried, but I told him what I felt, and he was he was very good and and helped help calm me down. But yeah, I think that was the first time I really felt something in my body that didn't feel normal, and I don't think it was to do with the pregnancy necessarily. I I genuinely think I was in an awkward position. I was actually sleeping on my front, so. Obviously, soon I won't... Well, I've actually stopped doing that now, but when the bump starts coming, you, you can't really sleep on your front. It's just not comfortable. And it's perfectly fine to sleep on your front uh, currently, but I've just I've just stopped doing that because of that incident. But I, I think, like, because everything's starting to squish now and the uterus is growing, uh, air's just not knowing where to go. So I do think I was just... kind of had trapped wind, probably because there's a lot of flatulence with being pregnant, I'm afraid, and burping, I'm burping so much, but I'm just like, you know what, get get the air out, and I think I'll feel better, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> so yeah, with my symptoms, I think so far, I would say my main indicators of this pregnancy has been a change in food, and my habits with food, just wanting to snack more, not necessarily have bigger portions, but eating more regularly and in terms of physically I don't think I've mentioned this yet but my boobs have been a massive indicator because they have grown they've grown at least a cup size they've kind of ballooned I would say <laughs> they're very tender and swelling I would say as well which isn't isn't very nice but hey, if that's what the hormones are doing, I mean, I'm a bit like, you really need to get ready for breastfeeding already. I mean, it's a little bit early. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I'm feeling at the moment. I have got three appointments coming up, which is very exciting. And my first one is tomorrow. It is called a booking appointment, which will be with a midwife. And it will be to discuss how things are going and 
my medical history or family medical history and info that they need to know and also to get some tests done too so I'm just excited to get the ball rolling really and chat to someone a medical professional about being pregnant and ask some questions and all of that so yeah I'm, I'm excited about that it's kind of that'll that'll feel very real then not that not that it hasn't already I mean <laughs> I've had eight weeks to think about it but yeah I'm very excited about that and then we've also got the important scan booked in as well which is usually around 12 weeks which mine is and I'll talk to you all about it in the next episode I'm sure I am so excited to see the baby for the first time on that scan that's going to be really special now as I said before I'm in the first trimester which is sometimes referred to as the secret trimester because you can't really tell many people or at least you choose not to and so this makes it quite a lonely time but luckily I've had Adam by my side my husband who's been able to support me through this time so I thought it would make sense to bring him back for a chat in this section of the podcast so welcome back, Adam. Thanks so much for having me again. <laughs> How, how's it going? A bit hot, isn't it? It's a bit hot in here, but it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's hard living in a third floor flat. <laughs> That's hard to say. Third floor flat during a <laughs> uh, heat wave, yeah. Much better. Well done. Very good. <laughs> back on track. So once you find out you're having a baby, I think you immediately start thinking about who you're going to tell, how you're going to tell them, and most importantly, when. So I thought we'd start off this chat by talking about us telling our loved ones, basically. And I think when is the big question, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, we already had the the discussion, oh, should we ever get pregnant? When do we look at telling people? And actually, we were saying, yeah, we'll definitely wait for, for most people until 12 weeks. And I totally agree with that. I understand all the reasons why we would do that. But it's amazing once you've got that news, how hard it is to keep it in. And you you then realise the people closest to you, you can't keep that news. And I don't think it's possible to see them without having it written all over your face anyway. So it's, it's all a case of... When you're comfortable to tell people, I think, and that's the approach we've taken. And obviously, it, it depends on how me- how much you see people or how close you are with people as well. So that would that would influence when you want to tell people as well. And we had well, we had just one week of just us two, only us two knowing. Last excluding a GP and the receptionist who was like, "Oh, congratulations," which was really cute. But that was long enough for me. Yeah, that that one week was crazy really because it's it is like you have this own secret and what i would normally want to do is contact my mates contact my family and just be like i've got something amazing's happened and it's one of those things you know if you if you got yourself a new job or something yeah. different happened in your life you'd immediately turn around and you tell people closest to you and that's how you share in it but luckily i, c- I can tell the p- person closest to me because i could tell you yes. but at the same time i wanted to chat to someone else that wasn't you yeah <laughs> you do just want to pick up the phone but oh my gosh something's happened and they'd be like what 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 <laughs> but it, it just doesn't it's i don't know i'm sure some people do just ring up their mum straight away and that's absolutely understandable but for us you know we we waited that week and we did tell our parents first because it all kind of coincided together how did you find that telling our parents it was it was different I guess because it's something that I've always envisaged doing but never the circumstances in which we managed to do it so I didn't I didn't imagine sitting down at a meal with both of them and being able to say 
we've got some news, this has happened. I I kind of thought it would be a bit more like we'd be able to hold it in for yeah. longer. And yeah. I know specifically for you that was, you know, a, a problem. I've, I've got my own way of delivering news where I kind of build up to it, but... Yeah, you found that a bit of a challenge, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, well, we we took it in turns, didn't we? I told my parents, and then you told your parents. Obviously, both of us together, and I. It was important for both of us that we were face to face as well. And my parents live in Wales, and I live in London. We live in London, so amazingly, that week, just by chance, they were coming down to London. So it only felt right that we told them then. And yeah, I was for some reason an absolute nervous wreck and shaking and as we were walking there I was like Adam I need you to hold me I just think because it felt like a really big deal for me uh, to tell them I don't know maybe it's because I'm their youngest child I don't know I just thought it would be a big deal for them and it was but it was literally like three seconds and I at the, when I saw them three's generous three seconds and I just blurted it out and it was it was ridiculous I think well I, I know one of the reasons that happened as well but we what we need to remember is like our parents have been through this they've literally yeah. had us they know that this it well they know they they'd hope this is coming at some point in time for them and it was happy news I think we it have was, been together 12 years so they can't be that surprised exactly and it was <laughs> It was still very early on, like it was, what, four or five weeks when we actually told them. But we said why we wanted to tell them so early. Yeah. And then we waited a couple of weeks or just over that. And then we told our closest siblings as well, which is in varying circumstances with your sisters sisters being local. Yeah, we told two of my sisters in person. And then we told your sister on FaceTime because she's in Australia. Yeah, so my sister's expecting a baby in the yeah. next two weeks, which is... Well, when this is out, she would have had her baby. How does that feel? That's, that's mad to <laughs> think it? that, yeah. So, so I'll have exciting. a little nephew. But we told her over FaceTime. She's already told me that she was having a baby before over FaceTime as well. So, you know, I'm used to delivering that news, but it's a strange situation where she is at the end of her pregnancy yeah. and we're at the start of the journey. But also quite special. Very and special. she seemed to be the one who expected it the most. Why do you think that was? I, I don't I don't agree with that in that she, no? was, she was the one that expected it the most. I think that she was... Uh, she had the, the biggest build-up. She had the biggest yeah, build-up okay. and there's no easy way to say yeah. to somebody, hey, do you fancy a FaceTime That's at this true. specific point in time when you're back from holiday, let's do it, yeah. and not know the reasoning. Whereas your sisters and your family and stuff like that, they, they didn't really have a build-up to it. They no. were just thrown into a situation with us and we were just like, when are we going to tell them? When are <laughs> we going to release the news? just kind of forced it upon them and they had to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, it does... It, the thing is, it's going to sidetrack whatever kind of day you're having when you tell that those people. Yeah. Although that becomes slightly less when it becomes your friends, and that's not a problem, but it's just they're going to be less involved, so it doesn't completely sidetrack their day or our day. It's just like, hey, got something to let you know. With your sister obviously being pregnant at the moment, like it was very, it was different because it's very special. She's she's gone through it, and she gave some really nice advice to us and to me, and. The thing I take away from it is that, like, in this time, you just need to incubate and just kind of hibernate in a way and just kind of not worry because your body's just doing it and there's nothing you can do, really, at the end of the day. Of course, you can exercise, eat healthily, but at the end of the day, it's your body doing the work. And it was really nice to hear that and reassuring. I got in trouble minorly with you for calling you a potato oven. Ah. But... 
Yes. Actually, it's not too far away from the truth. I mean, you don't have ovens made specifically for potatoes, but what we're actually doing is you are incubating, but there's not much you can do. If mm. you put a jacket potato in the oven, you can't really tend to it and go, I'm going to make it better. You know, it's going to be in there for that amount of time and you just have to hope that all is going smoothly and at the end of it, it's okay. But it's about knowing that you're not going to stress over that. Mm. And I think enjoying that part, enjoying this first trimester is very difficult. Yeah. We definitely, we found for both of us, it's more difficult than we thought it would be yeah. because it's more mental in some ways for us at least and it is physical at this point in time. I was saying that earlier. It's For me, it's been... The men- mental thinking has been my issue and yours as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Just you're out of control. Like, it, it's hard. But it's uncertain. we're getting through it. We've got one month. So one month to go till 12 weeks, that is. <laughs> then the rest. <laughs> um, and you did touch upon um, close friends and yeah. telling them. And I know I'm sure some people only tell their close family and wait the 12 weeks. But for us, it just felt right to tell our close friends, didn't it? We see that it's it's the ones when we, when we see them so regularly. Yeah, they're going to know that something is up. Yep, like we had one in, when we found out only a few days later. We'd already had this thing planned with them, and I was very flustered because I couldn't tell them. We we didn't tell them, and it we felt were weird. Very, let's we, let's I hit the nail on we the head. Weird. We, we were mean, very weird. Bless them. I don't think they thought we were, but it felt like we were, and. That was tough. And after that day, we were kind of like, well, yeah, we need to tell them next time. When <laughs> because it's just not worth it. It feels like you're lying to them. Well, someone asks you, oh, what have you been up to? And you have to think, well, what is my, what's my backstory here? When yes. really it's like, well, what have I been doing? Well, my mind's been completely consumed by the idea of <laughs> I'm overwhelmed, a, a human but growing I can't in tell me. you why. Yeah. So I think that's it's important to share it with people if you feel comfortable to be able to do that. Exactly. And with our friends as well, I would want to be able to share anything with them. Yeah. And whether that, you know, be positive news or not so positive news, Mm -hmm. you need to be able to have a support network that isn't just me and you, because we're both potentially at times... be a lot on our shoulders. Yeah. At times, there's going to be things that concern us. And we've always found that our family are a great place to be able to go, but widening that support network for us was a useful step. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I don't think we've even addressed, but everyone's reactions were really, really lovely and so supportive and it was lovely. And of course, there's one person who we haven't told who's very important to us, which is my second eldest sister. She has severe learning disabilities, so it's not like we can just pick up the phone, call her and tell her what's happened because she wouldn't understand. But I'm sure next time we see her, we'll tell her and she'll take it for what it is. She won't fully know or, or get what we're talking about until she sees an actual baby, I think. I think she'll be excited she'll about I think she'll be excited about the idea that everyone else is excited. And that's, yeah, exactly. that's a great thing to she, see. But she'll sense something's going on, won't she? For sure. I think yeah. she, she'll, she'll know. So just to finish off, I just wanted to briefly chat about how we chose our hospital because yeah. that's kind of the first thing you need to do after calling your GP, of course, and actually telling them that you're having a baby. Uh, my GP was like, okay, well, the next few weeks you need to decide upon where you want to have your pregnancy care, basically. And for us, we live in southwest London, so we have a few hospitals around us, and we had three to choose from specifically that were close by, all, all pretty close by, uh, but we had a front runner from the start, didn't we? Yeah, so we had something in mind and it, it it's very hard to ignore the fact that if we look out of our window, even right now, we can see this hospital. Yep, yep. But if you take 
location is like it's almost like rating things it's you you can rate it on location and say okay that's great but what is everything else like and we looked at yes. we looked at the other I'll call them competitors at this point in time and one came out very closely to us but we also didn't want to take it for just what we thought on the initial basis of what we had looked at we also spoke to uh, a friend who had recently had a baby at the hospital that we were looking at. You subtly asked him, didn't you? I'm not sure if he... Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things you can't easily hide from someone. You say, so what hospital did you have your daughter at? Yeah. And how was the experience? Tell me more. Kind of obvious, but it was fine. But when you get a response back about a hospital, which was, you know, he had his baby during the pandemic, like right in the middle of it. Yeah. And when he was saying how good the care was and how kind everybody was and actually couldn't speak highly enough of mm, it I didn't even have to kind of coax that out of him it was just like yeah. here's all the great stuff it was really helpful for us to be able to help make that decision yeah. because I think speaking to someone else who has gone through it um, is useful because some of the forums online people only write bad stuff so if you go looking for reviews, you're going to find the negatives. There's a certain type of person, isn't there, who who writes horrible reviews and you've got to kind of take it on the chin sometimes. Yeah. And unfortunately, some people do have bad experiences with labour and that might actually not be the hospital's fault. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but... It's one of those things, but it's just important to look at reviews and luckily we had someone to talk to about that specific hospital and do your research and because it, it, it did feel silly if we just went, yeah, we're choosing that hospital because it's right there. Like It felt important to still do our research. I mean, we, we did our research as much as you can online, but it's it's worth noting as well, Like you, there are other ways of kind of contacting the hospital if you have direct questions as well. Yeah. Each one of those pages had like a contact us page for potential patients and that's something we didn't feel we had to do we felt like we had enough information to make an informed decision but if you're unsure about it yeah i'd, I'd recommend contacting the hospital with questions that you've got and almost like seeing what the response is like between them that's because true. that can help if you've got no one else to be able to speak to the hospital will tell you maybe some of the things that aren't on their website or maybe you can speak to somebody directly and um, we've got a few appointments coming up are you excited about them yeah, I, th I feel I'm still in logistics mode. I was in logistics <laughs> mode last time. I'm still in yes. that mindset. And But as part of logistics mode, that's great because we're accomplishing some things. We're, the milestones for us is seeing people who are hopefully able to confirm this thing is happening. Mm -hmm. And that helps us know where we're at with the stages. So I'm yeah. excited because it's like it, not just ticking things off, but I think that's when the emotional st thing will start to kick in for me. I get it. I get it. But... Not long now, and it's yeah. very exciting, isn't I'm it? I'm super excited. Oh. Well, thank you, Adam. Thanks so much for joining me again in this chat. Thanks so much, Melissa. This week, I'm going to be talking all about the uterus. And this is the pear-shaped organ that sits inside the women's pelvis. And I found some fascinating info from pregnancybirthbaby.org. So let's get stuck in. The uterus is also known as the womb and it houses and nurtures the baby during pregnancy. So it's playing a very important role at the moment for me. And in non-pregnant women, someone who's never been pregnant previously, the size of the uterus is around seven centimetres big. But this can vary, of course, for different women. And I was so surprised by that because I thought that was so small. I didn't think the uterus was that small at all. Certainly 
at the beginning or when you're not pregnant. I think that's because of when when you see those pictures of like the ovaries and the uterus, you know, in sex ed and all of that. I guess I thought it was to scale those pictures. <laughs> I never thought about how small it was at all. Um, so I was really, really surprised by that. And of course, it needs to get bigger when you are growing a human inside of you. And it actually increases about five to six times its size during pregnancy. And this can go up to a whopping 35 centimetres. So that's just over a ruler, right? I mean, wow. <laughs> From seven centimetres to 35, that is quite a big difference. But I guess that's why pregnancy takes nine months. <laughs> I don't want it to grow that quickly. That'd be, that'd be terrifying. Again, this can vary in, in terms of the size, how, how big the uterus gets in pregnancy for every woman, depending on many different factors. The uterus obviously has to grow very, very big for, to fit the baby and house the baby. And while it's doing that, it's going to push on all the other organs and be like, get out of my way. I've got an important job here. So I guess that's why later on in pregnancy you need to pee more I mean I'm already experiencing that but that's from the hormones I believe and yeah you're you're, you're probably going to be pushing on a lot of organs so it starts to get uncomfortable which is probably why many women by the end of the pregnancy are fed up and just want this baby out so there we go who knew the uterus could do such amazing things and I think on my Flow app, which I use, which is really great, by the way, um, I'll talk about that another time with recommendations, but it's it's called Flow app, F-L-O, um, which gives me loads and loads of useful information. And it said, my uterus is currently the size of a lemon. So it's already grown quite a bit from seven centimetres. And of course, it's going to continue growing. <laughs> so... As it's growing, that's obviously when the bump starts to appear. And I think they say, certainly in your first pregnancy, you don't tend to see your bump, baby bump, until about 13 weeks. So I've still got a way to go. I can't wait to see a little, a little bump making its appearance. But that's all because this amazing uterus making this baby, helping to house the baby, is growing. So there we go. I hope you enjoyed the little insight into the amazing organ that is the uterus. Well, there we go. That's another episode coming to a close. I really hope you enjoyed it. Even if it's just me rambling on, I hope you gained something from it. <laughs> In the next episode, I'm planning on chatting about my first midwife appointments, what a scan is like, and how it feels to have got to the end of the first trimester. Oh, I can't wait. If you have any ideas or questions for the podcast, please send them through to tryingtogrowahuman at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at tryingtogrowahuman. And please, I would so love it if you could rate, review and of course subscribe on whichever podcast platform you use. It will help others find this podcast. Thank you lovely lot for listening. I send you love and luck on whatever life journey you are going through right now. You can do it. This podcast is dedicated to all those who grew the humans before us. You are amazing.